Well, I'm taking up a slightly different stance than usual. Um, if you're familiar to uh, Trinity, I'm usually in George's place, and George is often in this place, and uh, we thought we'd mix it up uh, this week. And uh, my name's Neil. Um, I'm married to Tanya, and uh, Tanya looks after the kids and uh, young people's work here at Trinity. Uh, I'm what they call a worship leader or worship pastor, and often that means that I'm singing and, uh, and leading what we've just been doing together this morning and, uh, and throughout uh, the week. That sometimes features, and we're often planning towards uh, different events and gatherings where sung worship is happening. I've been doing this for uh, quite, a, quite a while now, um, and uh, it's probably the only thing I'm really qualified to talk about here. Um, in this moment. So uh, here we go. Should we pray? <laughs> Father, I thank you that uh, it's obvious you're here this morning through what we've been singing and how we've been singing it. Spirit of God, would you speak into our very hearts as we tune into you in what you've revealed? Uh, through some of the things that you've showed me in my life. Amen. Amen. So um, I, as a young teen, this is quite a while ago now, um, uh, grew up and uh, in, my, yeah, in my teens I was just fell in love with music. Uh, my father played the piano and uh, played a bit of bass guitar. He was in a band called The Vampires. Oh. <laughs> and literally they brought him out. Uh, no, they brought the lead singer out in a coffin and, uh, and during the first song, the lead singer would, would jump out of the coffin and start singing. So, um, yeah, my dad, he played piano really well. And uh, it was only recently in my teenage years did he tell us about this band that he was in. But music, it captured me in a way that um, has continued to in my, uh, in my career. And uh, I was in a touring band for a number of years. And then uh, I decided to um, get involved with with sort of leading worship or, or, or sort of helping teams with worship. But in my teens, it was all about kind of looking cool, playing music that I was discovering. And, uh, and with my mates, um, we would try and imitate what we were listening to and, uh, and write music uh, around that. And one summer, I was fortunate enough to go away and, uh, and at this camp, um, there was this amazing drum kit. And this was an instrument I've not discovered before and uh, I don't know, somehow I ended up playing this thing and it was, it was awesome. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced. George, you can recognize this, right? My son Noah was playing this morning. There's something very special about the drums and very different than classical piano as I was fortunate to discover that summer. And whilst all my friends were enjoying themselves uh, at this camp, I, at any given moment, would try and sit on this drum kit and learn how to play this thing. Well, this continued after the summer. I got back. Someone uh, amazingly heard about this passion of, of, this, of drumming over the summer and gave me a drum kit and said, go for it. And uh, my parents uh, wisely said, not in our house. Uh, and um, <laughs> so fortunately, we were part of a church that didn't have a drummer. And our pastor uh, foolishly said, come and set the drums up here and let's see where this goes. So me and my friend thought, brilliant, 
We've got a venue. We can learn how to, how to <laughs> play some of this music. And uh, for hours and hours on end, uh, at any given moment, we would try and, and create music. I'd play till my drums, uh, till my heart was content. But this got me into trouble because the neighbors either side of the church weren't appreciating our music and our drumming, and particularly the time that we were, this was happening. And my pastor came to me one day and said, Neil, this can't go. This can't go on. We're going to have to specifically give you a time on a particular day when you guys can come up there and practice. This was hard to hear. And, uh, and so we sneakily found a set of keys to the church and snuck in at any given moment and found the quietest place we could, this little, little room in the middle of the church. I don't advise this now. Um, and, um, and we would set up. I'd literally put towels all over the drums to dampen any noise that we could make. And we played as quietly as we could. After about an hour of that, we would take all the stuff off and turn it up to 11. And again, we found ourselves in hot water with the pastor. But hey, oh, is there any drummer? Were they going to sack me? Well, they didn't sack me, fortunately, but um, this continued to be uh, a bit of a frustration for my mum and dad, I'm sure, and maybe my siblings, as, you know, any mealtime, I would be tapping away with my cutlery on my fingers, uh, imagining that I was doing a drum solo in front of thousands of people at Wembley Stadium, and, uh, and the love of the drums continued into my 20s. In many ways, you could say, I worship the drums. Everyone's worshiping something. Perhaps it's not to that extreme. Whether we call ourselves a follower of Christ or not, everyone is worshiping something. I once heard it said like this, whatever has our heart's affection, our soul's ambition, our mind's attention, is something that we worship. Whatever we give our time, our energy, our focus, and our money to is something that we worship. This could be sport, this could be celebrities, material things, a career, a status, maybe a person. It's almost like to be a human is to be a worshipper. My uh, son enjoyed um, the Euros. All my sons are playing football like never before at the moment. And um, yeah, my son has has got an obsession, I think, with Jack Grealish. And uh, he's styling his hair slightly differently. He's even dropping his socks at a certain height. He hasn't quite got the calves of Jack Grealish yet, but he's even moved his allegiance to a different uh, team, Man City, which I'm sure Johnny Hughes will be very thankful for. God's given us this amazing gift to be struck by the beauty of something. I'm not talking about Jack Grealish's thighs here, but, or to marvel at something. But in the right place, that, that, they're okay. That's fine. But as we look into the scriptures, God is jealous for our worship. Amen. And uh, in Exodus 20, God instructs Moses to tell the people of Israel his commandments. And the very first one is, You shall have no other gods above me, before me. So our worship of God is important. It's high up on his agenda. And we see this throughout Scripture. King David understood this. And he often wrote about it in the Psalms. 
Psalm 147 says, His delight is in those who fear him. His delight is in those who fear him. So perhaps this is an opportunity just to so define worship as we kind of know it and we call it here. Now, what we've been doing is equally worship to God. It's been wonderful. But this must spill over into all the avenues of our lives. It can't be just lip service on an hour on a Sunday morning or evening. What does it look like to worship God every day? I think this is kind of hard. You think of uh, all the things that are in our lives, our responsibilities. Maybe uh, it's hard to be a parent and worship at, at times. Um, maybe we're suffering with bad health. Um, perhaps we're distracted by something going on in our lives and we feel like it's hard to worship God. But worship isn't about a feeling. It's a choice that we make. It's not about a feeling, it's a choice that we make. Whether you've walked in this morning waiting to feel something, actually it's more than that. It's, it's, we, we bring an offering Amen. of God because of who he is and what he's done. Amen? Amen? Jesus says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. There's a spiritual battle for our worship. There's distractions all around us. I'm sure we're aware of that. But God wants our, our worship for him. And why is he looking for these worshipers? Jesus talks a bit about this when he meets the Samaritan woman in John 4. A time is coming and now has come that true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father is seeking. God is, is looking for people devoted to him. Why? We've got some work to do. There are kingdom purposes that he has for us to be involved with. And we need to be laid down lovers of Christ. When we first become a Christian, we're given a, a new identity, a new mandate, a new purpose. I hope you've realized that, those that are signed up to that. A kingdom pursuit that starts here on earth but is ultimately fulfilled one day when we reach heaven. God is looking for worshippers. And we have this wonderful moment each week to, to sort of come together like this and to remind one another of what we're doing, why we're doing it, who God is. And we need to you know, celebrate that. I've just been thinking... Um, even this morning, how wonderful it is, not only just to see your faces again, um, uh, hidden by masks for so long, but actually to hear the voices of the people of God resounding again is, is wonderful. It's so special. I hope you are enjoying that and treasuring that again. And, um, you know, God sings over us. In Zephaniah uh, 3, it talks about him singing over us. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. He rejoices over you with singing. Singing is on the very heart of God. There's over 500 references to singing in Scripture. 50 of those are commands. We're commanded to sing. 
not asking us. He's actually saying, come, bring your song, bring your worship. Look at who I am, look at what I've done. That's what we've been doing. We've been reminding ourselves this morning, restoring, recalling what God's favor is to us. And it's wonderful, it's what we need. Sing praises to God, sing praises. God's not only concerned that we praise him, but that we sing our praises. We've been restricted by that for so long. It's so good to dive into that again. Yeah, God sings over us. It's no accident that we're a singing people as Christians because we're children of a singing God. Jesus sang with his disciples. Paul and Silas sang songs in prison. Ephesians 5 tells us that one, one of the fruits of the Spirit is being filled uh, sorry, one of the fruits of being filled with the Spirit is to sing. Sometimes it helps us recall and memorize what God has done. More than this sermon will certainly do. We literally can store hundreds and thousands of songs in our memory vaults. Music has this unusual monomic power. We remember patterns in music much better than patterns in just words alone. Sorry, preachers. Rhyme, meter, and melody are one of the most powerful monomic devices. God actually uses this in Deuteronomy 31. He uses this song to help his people remember and recall his favor on them and all that he has done. Music is a language of emotion in every culture and every age. It's capable of affecting us in such profound ways. I'm sure you've experienced this. Some of my most precious moments of intimacy with God have been when I've been singing and recalling his nature and character towards me and it has this wonderful way of transforming us in Romans 12 it's been paraphrased but it says this when we worship God we're being transformed and being tuned into his frequencies so that we can discern his voice throughout the noise of our everyday lives it's good you're here this morning we need one another Paul also encourages the Hebrew church uh, in Hebrews 5 I think about Keep meeting together. Keep coming. Keep tuning in online. Keep singing. Keep building one another up. I used to, uh, in my in my uh, early sort of years of being a Christian, used to sort of swan up to church, go home for a nice Sunday lunch, and kind of dissect all of the different things that were featured, what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, and that was all right. But I mean, actually, we have something to bring. We've organized church in a way that we've got roles and responsibilities. And, you know, we've played those out in many ways this morning. But actually, we together have a job to do. My encouragement to you is, is when you rock up on a Sunday morning, bring your A game, bring your best, bring your singing voice, bring your praise, bring your worship. Not just because of, of what God asks, but actually for the benefit of one another. Amen. I felt encouraged by your singing this morning, everyone. I hope you did as well too. I hope we can continue enjoying that in the months and years to come as we continue to pursue his presence together in this church. I think to be a church on fire and a city alive, we need to know what it is to worship. That's what I love about Trinity. It's one of the reasons why we've moved up here is because we see worship at the heart of this place. And... um, and, and that's what's so special. And that's, I think, a key to seeing uh, breakthrough. Where there's unity in the believers, God ordains breakthrough. And that's what we need.
So why don't we sing? I'm good at that. I can do that. I'm not so good at this part, but I could sing a song. Why don't we join together in just singing a little refrain this morning? And we don't need all the band up. We're just going to use our voices. Remember how we use those again? You don't need to be an amazing singer. You just need to be, uh, give your heart. Worship is a matter of the heart. So why don't we, why don't we just pray? God, we, uh, as we learn what it is to depend on you, understand what it is to be a follower of Christ, as we try and work out what it means, what our purposes are here in this city, in this moment, Lord, would you teach us what it is to be a worshipper, even outside of our Sunday gatherings, in every facet of our lives. Teach us, Lord. This is an old hymn, a beautiful one just about being an offering. May our lives be a fragrance, a sweet fragrance to, to God. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let me be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let me be a sweet, sweet sound in your love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come on, church. And we lift our voice to worship. 
in 